there. My name is Garrett Kell. I'm a pastor right outside Washington, D.C. And uh, I'd like to share with you a little bit about how I, I came to know Jesus and I have, have walked with him ever since. So I grew up in a home that would say we were Christian. We, we went to church regularly. Um, but for me, it was it, it wasn't it wasn't real. Um, I, I would have said, yeah, probably God is real. Jesus has probably lived, probably died, may have risen, but I I didn't didn't really care because for me, life was life was pretty much just a, just about me. At a, at a young age, we we moved. Um, I remember it was around fifth grade, and I remember um, coming to a new school, and I was I was the furthest thing from from being a cool kid, and I kind of got picked on a bit and. I remember one day making a conscious decision that I was I was just not going to be that kid anymore, and I was going to be I was going to be a cool kid. So, yeah, I started to wear to wear a mask and started to pretend, and um, yeah, I started saying and doing things that I, I knew my parents wouldn't have have liked me to, to say or to do. But um, yeah, won me won me friends and uh, started to. I'd be a little bit of a bully to pick on uh, on other people, and um, it just really began to develop this persona uh, that I would I would wear a mask, and then started playing sports in in, in high school, and that I really found a lot of identity in that. Uh, and I remember I was I was you know, starting for our basketball team as a, as a sophomore, and I got invited to a, a party with with all the seniors. And while I was there, they they handed me a beer, and I I drank, and I just kept drinking. And um, yeah, I actually got got drunk that night and kind of passed out on the couch. But um, I remember the next week when I went to school, all of a sudden it was as if all the cool kids knew who I was, and I started getting invited to to more parties. And that that really became what I was about. I was an attention seeker. I wanted affirmation, and I wanted people to yeah to notice me, and uh, that provided opportunities for yeah relationships with with girls that weren't. Weren't, weren't healthy, and but all the while I was still going to church. So on Sunday I would clean up and pretend, and uh, you know, I put on my church face. And uh, oftentimes would even sit in the balcony, a bit hungover from from, from the week. And um, that was basically my life in high school, and then even into college when I went to, to Virginia Tech. While I was there, um, I got got freedom, and um, finally got to start to do what I what I wanted to do. And with that, I just was more drinks more drugs, more relationships, and just really went, went head on into, into the party, party lifestyle. I uh, almost bailed out of school my first year. I cheated on just about every test I, I, I took. And, um, yeah, and then, and then in between my freshman and sophomore year, uh, there was an incident that kind of really got started working in, in me. I was I met a girl at a basketball tournament. I was going to visit her, and I was driving down a windy road um, in my, my hometown, a lot of hills and curvy, curvy roads. And uh, I started trying to pass this one car. And as I started to get around it, uh, a, a propane truck came around the other way and was in my lane. And I tried slamming on the brakes and getting back into the lane I was coming from, but couldn't get in and uh, ended up in a in a head-on collision with a propane truck and um yeah i mean it was it was a disaster my hood flew some hundred yards battery acid from the, my car went all over the, the houses and uh my my mom worked at the hospital at the time and as she heard over the, the scanner that uh yeah someone in a car that matched my description had been in an accident and she just knew it was me she came out in the ambulance and there i was i was on a backboard um and uh 
somehow I'd walked away uh, from that. I wasn't didn't have major injuries, but my mom came down and looked at me, and I, I just looked up at her. I said, I said, don't worry, mom. I got on clean underwear because she always, she always told me to uh, to wear clean underwear. Uh, so to me, it was just kind of a joke. Like I I made it. That's that's kind of what I did. You know, I was I was a cool, tough kid. Well, next day, pastor came. Um, came to the house, he was the pastor of the church that we had been attending, and he said to me, he said, you know, he said, Garrett, God, God saved you during that accident, and he saved you because he has a plan for you, and uh, you should you should know that. And what he didn't do was really challenge me that God's mercy should lead me to repentance. Um, so I'm not blaming him in any way, shape, or form, but I didn't, and I don't know that I would have been in a place to hear that at that time either, but, but what I heard was that I'm special to God, and because of that, I can just keep going, and He's going to protect me. And that's uh, that's what I did. Went back to school my sophomore year, and it was it was worse. More drink, more drugs, more relationships, and uh, it just got darker and darker. And then um, during that time, there was there was a, an incident where I I thought I had I thought I had one of my girlfriends pregnant, and it uh, it terrified me, and that that made me pray. I didn't pray much except when I was in trouble and I was in trouble. And I remember crying out to, to God and saying, oh God, if, if you get me out of this one, I promise to you, I'll, I'll never have sex again until I get married. And, uh, you know, the girl ended up, uh, not, uh, not being pregnant. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't keep my end of the deal. And, uh, I yeah, ended up, meeting up with an old, old girlfriend and um, and then after that I went on a study abroad which wasn't much studying but um, we, we went abroad to all over Europe we went to London and Paris and Amsterdam and just all kinds of stuff and uh, every of the 31 days we were there I was drunk or high um, 30 out of the 31 days and the other day was just you know, I was traveling and um <sighs> But during that trip, there was a there was a guy. Um, his name was Jason, and Jason was a he was an interesting dude. He was uh, pretty eccentric and uh, never wore shoes. Always wore green. Jumped around a lot. Skipped everywhere. We kind of called him the leprechaun because he, he kind of acted like a leprechaun a little bit. And uh, you know, but the dude was always super happy. And um, I remember we always tried to get the leprechaun drunk. That's how we thought about it. Like, we're going to get him to come out and party with us. But he and he would come out with us, but he wouldn't drink. And he, he would always just turn it down. Well, one one night I was on uh, we were on the Eurorail going going somewhere, and uh, I was I was high or drunk. I don't know what it was, but I was I was walking through the cars and came into a car. And there he was, and he was just sitting there smiling like he always did. And I just it irritated me, and I just walked up to him. I said, "All right, man, I want to know why are you always so happy." And he looked at me and he said, "Well, because I'm a Christian." And I said, "Well, I'm a Christian." And he said, you are? Which is not, not the response you want to get from somebody whenever you, you tell them that you're, you're a Christian. And, uh, and I said, well, no, I, said, I believe in God. And he said, <laughs> he, uh, he quoted from the book of James, and he said, he said, well, the devil believes in God. And it, it really irritated me because I felt like he was kind of judging me, but it stuck with me that was I any different than the devil? And uh, so I tried to kind of push push that away. Went back to school, um, and, and but but before I actually started classes, I met up with with FedEx girlfriends, and 
we were out on a date and I, I could tell something was off and I said, uh, I said, what's, what's going on? Are you okay? And she said, uh, I need you to know that I'm pregnant and uh, that it's yours. I was, I was 20 years old, you know, and I, and I wasn't, I wasn't ready to be, be a father, at least I think I was. And uh, she, she said, she goes, I want to know, will you, will you be with me? And I said, listen, I'm, I got some money. We'll, we'll figure out a way. We'll, we'll take care of the kiddos. She goes, no, no, I want to know, are you going to marry me? Are you going to be with me? And uh, I told her no, and so we decided to get an abortion. Um, a friend of hers gave her a few hundred dollars, and um, we went, and we picked up pill, and I remember I was there that night when she took it, and I was there that night when she bled, and I was there when we, we both cried, and we didn't know why. Um, but I, that haunted me. Um, I, I didn't see it at the time, but I knew I had done something I shouldn't have. And and later on, I came to realize that I, I had become so consumed with my own life and my own desires and my comfort and what I wanted and my pleasure that I was willing to kill my own child in order to, in order to have my way. I went back for that same sort of attitude to um, to school for my junior year, and it was it was worse than the year before in regards to partying. I got into drugs that I never thought I would do. Um, lived uh, at a place where there were raves just about every weekend, and um, then I invited a, a friend named Dave, and uh, I had originally invited Dave down to this party on Halloween. Uh, because there was a girl I wanted him to bring, and Dave was a buddy, but I really wanted to bring this this girl from my hometown. And so anyway, he um, he came, and uh, when he when he showed up, I brought him back to my room, and uh, I had a sixer of his favorite beer, and I had a bag of weed, and I told him I had a girl there for him to get to know for the weekend, and I said that was going to be a great time, and uh, he he pushed the door to, and then he sat on the on the bed, and he looked at me, and he said, um, he goes, man, I want you to know I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't do any of this anymore. And I said, uh, I said, okay. And I said, why not? And he said, uh, he said, well, I'm. I love Jesus now. Uh, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I didn't come down here because I thought this weekend would be easy. But I came down here to let you know that Jesus loves you too. And I thought that was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. I was like, what are you talking about? And I. It totally kind of blew it off. I was like, well, more for me. Thanks for coming, man. You're welcome to stay. You can go. It's up to you. But, you know, I appreciate that. That's kind of, but come on. So I went out and just partied. And uh, my buddy, buddy Dave, he, he sat uh, he sat on the couch uh, that night at the party. And um, I remember some friends were pointing at him and saying, hey, dude, what's up with the guy on the couch? I was like, oh, man, he's a Christian. And we were like, oh, poor guy. You know, we're like going on and on about he's missing out on life because he was following this Jesus guy. And, uh, but again, he, just like Jason, the guy on the, the trip to Europe, he had what I didn't. He had peace. He had a freedom. He could sit in the midst of all of that. He didn't need it. He didn't need it to be happy. He, he had what I couldn't find at the end of a blunt or a beer or a bottle or some girl. Like, I couldn't, it was, I couldn't get, I was like grasping at the wind is, is how I felt like I was chasing for whatever Dave seemed to have. Well, he went back and we exchanged some emails and I kind of, you know, just 
this was getting on him about being Jesus freak and all this kind of stuff. But the next weekend, uh, we were having a rave again. I know it was a couple of weeks later. Uh, we're having another rave and my you know, apartment. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, uh, things started to slow down. And I started to see everything around me uh, was super dark. And I felt evil uh, around me and in me in a way that was really hard to describe. But I became aware that I was doing wrong. And I didn't really have a category for wrong normally, uh, in, in, at least uh, uh, at least in this way. And I, I went and looked in the mirror, and I was like, "Who are you? How have you got to this place?" And then I went into my, my bedroom, and I uh, yeah, I, sh- I shut the door, and I said, "All right, God, if you're real, show me something." And I looked down, and there on the on the floor was uh, peeking out from under my bed was a Bible. My parents would give me a Bible whenever I went off to college, and I'd always hid it under my bed because it was grandma style. Well, that that night, somehow, the corner of it was out. And uh, so I picked it up, and I said, all right, fine, show me something. And I, I played a little Bible roulette where I just opened the Bible to a random page, and uh, it was a New Living Translation. It was a, it opened to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, which says, The one who sins is the one who dies. A father will not be judged for the son's sins, nor a son for his father's sins, but each one will be judged according to what he has done. And then it goes on to say, but do you think I delight in the death of the wicked? But no, they would turn and live, says the Lord. And that freaked me out. So I shut the Bible, and I was like, ah, Lord, I need something else. So I, I opened again to, a, to another page, and I, I started reading the book of Romans. And... As I did, I came to, to chapter 2, and again, in the New Living Translation, it says, Don't you realize how kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you, or don't you care? Can't you see how kind He's been giving you time to turn from your sin? But no, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath, and God will judge all people according to what they've done. It was in that moment that I realized that God and I were not cool, that I might be good in the way that I saw myself, or maybe even compared to some other people. But compared to God, I was I was a sinner. And yeah, over the next number of months, I I started reading the Bible. Um, what is that about? I started reading the Bible. Uh, I used to smoke weed, get out my highlighter under my black light, and read the Bible because it was so amazing. But then I couldn't I couldn't remember anything. So I that's why I quit smoking weed is because it hindered my ability to remember God's word. So I, I threw it away. And then um, about about a few weeks after that, I. I went back home for Christmas, and I did I did a drug, and I was I was tripping really hard, and all of a sudden, in the midst of it, I was feeling super guilty. I was confused, and I didn't know what was going on, and I get a moment of sobriety, and it just stopped. And I thought I need to call Dave, and I called Dave, and he was the guy who had come to to the party, and he he came up to the house that night. It was about two in the morning. He was carrying his Bible, and he walked in, and he just had tears running down his eyes. And uh, he said, you, you know what I was doing when you, you called me? I said, no. He said, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing every single night since I left Virginia Tech. He said, I was, I was on my knees praying for you, that God would open your eyes to see Jesus. And um, I'm not sure if that's when I got saved or if it was before that or right after that, but in that process, like the Lord revealed himself to me through his word and through the witness of my friend Dave. And it began to really change me. And I used, I started telling all of my friends, I started having um, yeah, conversations with people, telling them about what Jesus had done. And then a friend of mine named, named, uh, named Adam invited me to go on spring break. And I told him, I was like, man, you know, I don't think we should, I don't think we should go on spring break. I was like, I, 
I've been reading the Bible a lot, and I think I, I think I probably shouldn't go. And uh, well, he he said, "Man, listen, you just need you just need a break." I said, "All right, all right, fine." Uh, and uh, and I we went uh, decided to go. So driving down to uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, and as we're driving down, I'm telling him, "Listen, man, God is following me." Uh, and he's following me around. He's like, listen, you just need to chill. You need a vacation. So we're driving into Panama City Beach, and this plane flies over with a big banner behind that says, uh, Jesus saves, or John 3.16. And I was like, look, dude, God's following me around. And we go to the beach that day, and we're sitting there drinking beer, and um, this whole herd of Campus Crusade for Christers, now known as crew, they, they came up, and they this guy came up to me and says, hey, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life and proceeded to talk to me about about the gospel. And uh, he walked away and I looked at my buddy and I was like, look, dude, God's, God's following me around. <laughs> and then uh, that night we went to a club and just shut the place down and we were leaving and we were we had drank too much and I was feeling guilty and I, I knew we needed, a, we needed a ride home and then all of a sudden these three vans pull up with Turner Burn, Jesus Saves, Rapture Ready, all that stuff right on the side. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, I was like, look, dude, God's following me around. And uh, he's like, no, nah, we're walking. So we walked back to the house, went to the, ho- went to the hotel, we smoked some weed, and then we went down to the to Waffle, Waffle House, a Waffle Shop. And I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling super guilty. I knew I should not be doing all of this. And I told him, I was like, dude, I feel super guilty. I, I think God is following me around. And he, he just looked at me and said, dude, you need to start doing drugs. He's like, that's your problem. You're doing too many drugs. Now all of a sudden, the door to the Waffle House swung open, and in come this this group, this herd of people carrying their Bibles. And this guy from the school that I was at walked right up to me, and he said, "Hey, are you from Virginia Tech?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, hey, my name's Shelby." And uh, yes, you at this church, this Baptist church. I was like, "Yeah, I checked that out." And he's like, "Well, hey, listen, when you come back for spring break, why don't we get up and study the Bible?" I was like, "Okay." And I gave my email address, and he walked away. And my buddy Adam looked at me and he said, dude, God is following you around. <laughs> and um, that really became a line in the sand for me where I knew the Lord was saying, listen, you're either going to be for me or against me. And uh, yeah, by his grace, um, I've been for him. And he has been ever faithful. And he has been with me just as he, he promised he would. And my life as a Christian has not been perfect. There's been seasons of struggle with pornography and lots of other struggles along the way, but Jesus has remained faithful in the midst of, of all of it. And he who sought me has kept me. And uh, that's that's the good news of the gospel. And I just want to say, if you're listening to this and 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 you hear any similarities in your story, remember your story is totally different, but, but even in hearing this, you, you've realized that you, you don't know this Jesus, that you and him are not cool and maybe you were better than me or better than others, but, but you're not better than him. And I just I want you to know there's good news for you, that no matter where you've been or what you've done, that, that God God loves you. And and you hearing this is, is proof of that. This is, this is a moment of mercy that he's shown you for you to hear about Jesus. And here's what I want you to know about this Jesus. And that Jesus came and he lived a life that's perfect, without sin, he died on the cross, and the reason he died was to take your sin and my sin, and anybody who will turn from their sins and trust in him, he will, he will forgive them, because he not only died and suffered and received the judgment that we deserve, but he went into the grave, and then he rose from the dead. And after, after those three days in the grave, he, he now proves that he has authority through his resurrection, and he promises with that authority that he will forgive you, no matter what you've done. Listen, I'm, 
I'm a murderous, adulterer, deceitful liar. And for some reason, God had mercy on me, a chief of sinners. And I want you to know that whether your story is worse or better, it doesn't matter. What matters is that Jesus, Jesus suffered and died, that you can be forgiven and reconciled to God and know the grace that is greater than all of our sin and that he will reconcile you to the Father and you can know and be filled with the Spirit and live a new life that is filled with joy and peace, just like my buddy Dave has. And that and now I have, not because of how great I am, but because of how great Jesus is. So consider Christ and turn to him. God bless you.